Here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. Ladies and gentlemen, the new Iraq. Yes, I said ladies and gentlemen, and yes, I said the new Iraq. This is the place we, um, we in the United States and Great Britain, other countries listening, perhaps, participated too, Coalition of the Willing, <laughs> um, helped to um, rebuild after we tore down that hideous dictatorship that existed there. And things are so much, well, not, the, not worse, but uh, what's going on, for example, in Basra? Basra was the part of Iraq that the Brits had responsibility for, um, you know, doing what the Brits do, making it look nice and get out. Uh, you may recall that uh, shortly after the United States and Britain and the coalition of the willing <laughs> invaded, we would hear reports that there was no longer reliable electricity or drinking water in Iraq. But that was, what, 15 years ago now. What's happening there lately? Basra Airport, that airport in the uh, city supervised by the Brits, has been the subject of, uh, has been the site of protests. It was attacked with rockets last night after another night of protests against uh, the Iraq governing elite. Where have we heard that phrase before? Demonstrators set fire to the Iranian consulate, briefly took oil field w- workers hostage, this according to Reuters. Iraq's second city has been rocked by, it's their Chicago, has been rocked by a week of demonstrations. Government buildings have been ransacked and set afire. Protesters are angry over political corruption. This is the uh, government structure which uh, we, the Coalition of the Willing, set up before we skedaddled. Protests first started to erupt last month, no, sorry, in July, over poor government services. They intensified this week. The city has more than 2 million people. They put on a, a curfew, did the officials. The curfew uh, was lifted, and then the uh, attack on the airport happened. Uh, on Friday, protesters broke into the Iranian consulate. They were condemning what many see as Iran's sway over Iraq's affairs. That was uh, set in motion when the United States... Oh, you know that, don't you? You know what empowered Iran in Iraq? Another group of protesters entered a water treatment facility and held two workers hostage for about an hour. The crisis comes at a time when politicians still have not agreed on a government. It's the democracy of the new Iraq. They love it. The election in May, way back in May, was inconclusive. The new parliament met for the first time on Monday, but failed to elect a speaker, much less name a prime minister. Or somebody to fix the um, electricity and the drinking water, which the protesters say is still, both are still unreliable at best. The uh, former prime minister, Abadi, said he'd ordered an investigation into the security forces for not fulfilling their duties in protecting government buildings. The heads of Basra Operations Command and the Basra Police 
were both fired on Saturday. The new Iraq. Do they thank us? I don't know. I, I didn't get a card. And in the same neighborhood, news of our friends, the law, our, our freedom-loving friends, the Saudis, the land of 15,000 princes. Spain has canceled the delivery of 400 laser-guided bombs. The bombs were purchased by Saudi Arabia. Spain said it was fearing that the weapons could be used in the war in Yemen, which has resulted in so many civilian casualties. Well, laser-guided bombs wouldn't. The arms deal was originally signed in 2015 under Spain's former conservative government. The new center-left administration, Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez, come on. You, you couldn't come up with a less stereotypical name for a Spanish prime minister than Pedro Sanchez? Come on, what are the guys in the writer's room doing? It plans to return, does the government, the $10.5 million already paid by the Saudis for the laser-guided bombs. International rights groups have, as you know, blamed the Saudi-led coalition's airstrikes and other attacks in Yemen for the killing of civilians, including children. What do we tell the children? We don't tell them anything. The uh, Saudi embassy in Madrid did not immediately respond to questions. Spain has been the fourth largest provider of military equipment and weapons to the Saudis, following the United States, Britain, and France. Four countries visited by the Saudi crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, this year. Just checking on the on the bombs and the and the missiles and the thing. And Saudi Arabia will punish online satire that disrupts public order with up to five years in prison. Man, they're taking satire seriously. Don't they know it means nothing? That's uh, an announcement this week from the public prosecutor as the kingdom continues its crackdown on dissent. That liberalizing uh, regime, we're letting women drive, but you can't say anything bad. Quote, producing and distributing content that ridicules, <laughs> mocks, <laughs> provokes, and pub- disrupts public order, religious values, and public morals through social, social media will be considered a cyber crime, punishable by a maximum of five years in prison and a fine of $800,000, according to the public prosecution. Bin Salman has drawn uh, harsh criticism from rights groups. The... Uh, Saudi legislation on cybercrime has drawn attention and concern among rights groups in the past. Dozens of Saudi citizens have been convicted on charges linked to dissent under a previous sweeping law. A lot of sweeping going on there. Invest in Saudi broom stocks. This is particularly linked to posts on Twitter. And a year ago, authorities issued a public call for citizens to report on the social media activities of their fellow citizens under a broad definition of terrorist crimes. Just have Facebook do it. They've got the algorithm. They know who's, they know who's bad and who's good. They're like Santa. They're like an algorithmic Santa. Saudi's public prosecutor this week also announced it's seeking the death penalty in the case of a prominent Islamist cleric He was described by U.N. experts as a reformist and an influential religious figure who has urged greater respect for human rights within Sharia. (laughs) We can't have that. He was publicly arrested a year ago. 
after he refused to publicly back Saudi policies. The 37 charges against him, he's 61 years old, include in the specialized criminal court. The charges include spreading discord. We don't like it when the Russians do it. The Saudis don't like it when anybody does it. Who's going to speak up for discord? Not me. I'm hello. Welcome to the show. Friends, but it never ends. Wow. 
From the western edge of America, from the home of the homeless, Santa Monica, California, I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this edition of the show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, news of our friend, the Adam. Clean, safe, too cheap to meet. Safe, cheap, too cheap to meet. Cheap, safe, too safe to meet. Safe, safe, too safe to meet. First from Japan... They're kind of in the lead on all of this stuff because of the and Fook. Now we learn the Tokyo District Court has accepted a written statement from a former employee of the Tokyo Electric Power Company, that's TEPCO, that ran the uh, nuclear power plants at Fukushima. This is a former executive of TEPCO. He claims that his boss postponed tsunami prevention measures at the Fook number one plant, way back in 2008, 10 years ago, right about now. The postponement reportedly occurred almost three years before the plant was engulfed by the tsunami, March of 2011. The statement was made by Kasuhiko Yamashita. He was the former head of TEPCO Center that was tasked with compiling steps to uh, prevent damage from tsunami read out during the uh, 24th hearing at the court on this uh, stuff. Three TEPCO officials are on trial on charges of professional negligence, not that amateur negligence that's so bothersome. No, this is professional negligence resulting in death and injury from the thing. Yamashito's statement supported arguments by lawyers serving as prosecutors that defendants postponed measures to protect the plant despite having recognized the necessity for such measures. Prosecutors are trying to show that the top executives could have predicted the height of the tsunami that swamped the plants. Drain the tsunami, I say. Defense lawyers have argued the nation's earthquake forecast was not reliable. Measures against tsunami had not been decided yet. According to Yamashita's statement, the three executives approved the implementation of anti-tsunami prevention measures based on earthquake forecasts issued by the government later put off the enforcement of the measures at the plant. We'll see how that goes. But, you know, that doesn't mean negligence. That just means laziness. Deadline Aomori, Japan, construction there of the world's first commercial reactor to operate solely on plutonium-uranium-mixed oxide, so-called MOX fuel, is going to be pushed back for the third time due to Prolonged safety checks. Everything's okay. It's just Electric Power Development Company is the utility building the reactor. They'd been planning to begin construction of major facilities during the latter half of this year, but they told the uh, municipal assembly there it has decided to delay the work by about two years. The target for the reactor to begin operations is now 2026. This according to Japan Times. This clouds the course of Japan's policy for the nuclear nuclear fuel cycle, in which the reactor was supposed to play a key role. You see, mixed oxide fuel is produced by extracting plutonium from the spent nuclear fuel of other plants and mixing it with uranium. Just, you know, like olive oil and vinegar. Just mix them together. Tokyo is also under international pressure to slash its stockpile of plutonium because... 
Plutonium has the potential to be used to produce nuclear weapons, don't you know? The company initially uh, sought to start operations at the nuclear plant uh, in 2021, put it back by one year in 2015, and then postponed it to 2024 in 2016. Are you keeping track? Construction of the reactor began in 2008, back when TEPCO still thought it was going to do uh, mitigation against tsunami effects. It gained state approval, but was then stalled following the Fook thing. 40% of the construction has been completed. Work so far has basically centered on setting up office buildings and conducting road repairs. So not really a nuclear plant has been built there yet. may take two more years for the reactor to pass safety screening. It's regrettable that the project will be postponed once again, says the mayor of the town. The uh, plant has also faced lawsuits seeking suspension of the project. Residents nearby filed a lawsuit against the company and the Japanese government, claiming they're highly concerned about the large amount of highly toxic plutonium that will be used as reactor fuel. Got to do something with it. What do you want us to do with the plutonium? Smoke it? Drink it? Nuclear energy cannot compete on cost with natural gas or renewables. It therefore needs the help of policymakers who are willing to promote its low-emission power generation as a way to fight climate change. That's according to a new study from MIT. To stave off runaway global warming by mid-century, the world's current crop of leaders needs to institute policies that dial down greenhouse gases emitted by power producers by more than 90%. The clearest way to get there may be putting a price on carbon emissions and supporting clean technologies. As of today and for decades to come, the main value of nuclear energy lies in its potential contribution to decarbonizing the power sector. Cost, says the report, is the main barrier to releasing this value. Without cost reductions, nuclear energy will not play a significant role. Utilities need to cut carbon dioxide emissions to an average of about 10 grams from 500 grams per kilowatt hour, according to the study. Failure to employ nuclear could mean missing enormous cost savings, says the report. Feeding of the report were a team of more than 30 researchers with backgrounds from science, government, and finance. The only thing missing from this report, ladies and gentlemen, is any mention of where or how to dispose of the waste. But it's clean, it's cheap, it's safe. It's our friend, the Adam. And now, the news of the godly. Nearly as powerful as our friend, the Adam. The Catholic Church in Australia says it will oppose new laws that would force priests to report child abuse when they learn about it in the confessional. This sets the stage for a showdown between Australia's biggest religion, really, and the government, which is Australia's biggest government. The Australian Catholic Bishops Conference, the ACBC, not the ABC, not the CBC, the ACBC, not the ACDC, the ACBC. Glad we cleared that up. That's the country's top Catholic body, said it did not accept a recommendation from an official inquiry that would force priests by law to report abuse to the police when they hear about it in confession. Two of Australia's eight states, did you know they had eight states? And territories have since introduced laws making it a crime for priests 
to withhold information about abuse heard in the confessional. Other of the states say they are considering such a law. The proposed law is ill-conceived and impracticable. It won't make children safer. It will most unlikely undermine religious freedom, said the president of the ACBC. Not the ACDC. Come on. What are you doing? The seal of confession is a non-negotiable element of our religious life and embodies an understanding of the believer and God, said the president. 22% of Australians are Catholic. Last year, the country ended a five-year-long government inquiry into child sex abuse in churches and other institutions. Made allegations worldwide that the churches had projected pedophile priests by moving them from parish to parish. 7% of Catholic priests in Australia between 1950 and 2010 had been accused of child sex crimes. Nearly 1,100 people had filed child sexual abuse claims against the Anglican Church over 35 years. The stance taken by the Australian bishops runs against the position taken by their church's chief advisor on child abuse complaint handling, Francis Sullivan, who said last year priests, like everybody else, will be expected to obey the law or suffer the consequences. Unquote. He is now unavailable for comment. I think he's hiding in the confessional. News of the Godly, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And this just in, uh, an additional story from the land of 15,000 princes. Saudi Arabia is now considering digging a channel to separate itself from its neighboring country, Qatar. The two nations have endured an increasing... That's what we need to do with Mexico. Don't build a wall. Dig a, dig a ditch. Dig a... The two nations have endured an increasingly fractious relationship following a 14-month-long dispute over terrorism claims and other feuds. Feuds. What is it, like rural Tennessee there? The Al Hatfields and the Al McCoys. According to numerous local media reports, Saudi Arabia is drawing up plans for a 60-mile-long, 650-foot-wide, 64-foot-deep gulf between it and Qatar. Could cost up to uh, $750 million. And it would be reserved for a nuclear waste facility. Underwater? That don't sound right. That salt water, that's going to be good for nuclear waste. It's going to eat, just eat right away at it. Five companies are currently bidding for rights to build the channel. The Saudi newspaper, Maka, says there are hopes the project would be completed within a year of its starting. I think that there are hopes of that for every project. And you know what happens to them. Uh, The hopes, I mean. And now... News of the Olympic Movement. Produced by Jim Ebersol Jr. Yes, I'm reading it differently. Gotta have some some variety here. USA Gymnastics says Mary Lee Tracy contacted a survivor of sexual abuse to discuss criticism of Tracy's hiring to lead the women's elite development program in USA Gymnastics. That uh, paved the way for her dismissal from that job just uh, days after Carrie Perry was uh, excused 
from her role at the head of USA Gymnastics. Tracy had inappropriately contacted one of the hundreds of survivors of sexual assault, sexual abuse by former um, doctor of USA Gymnastics, Larry Nasser, according to the uh, USA Gymnastics. Over the past nine months, USA Gymnastics has been in the midst of a major transition, midst of the major transition, as it implements recommendations following the independent review of the organization's safe sport policies, said the uh, organization. USA Olympic Committee CEO Sarah Hirschland, herself relatively new on the job, called for further changes in USA Gymnastics leadership hours after Mary Lee Tracy was let go. Under the circumstances, we feel the organization is struggling to manage its obligations effectively. It's time to consider making adjustments in the leadership. The U.S. Olympic Committee will reach out to the USA Gymnastics Board this weekend to discuss changes. Reigning Olympic champion Simone Biles is among those who have been critical of Perry for her lack of communication both privately and publicly, leaving athletes to wonder what changes are being made to create a safer environment for the athletes. It's kind of weird, said Biles last month. John Manley, the attorney for the survivors of Nasser's abuse, called on Congress to take bold and decisive action to oversee U.S. participation in Olympic sports. USA Gymnastics needs to be decertified as an Olympic governing body to be replaced by individuals who will protect the brave young athletes who represent our country, he said in a statement. Ooh, that's harsh. And... In Tokyo, yet another government program linked to the 2020 Tokyo Games is facing criticism, extracting silver from used mobile phones and computers for Olympic and Paralympic medals. Critics say it's reminiscent of a World War II government order to the public to donate metal items to make aircraft and bullets. Also, they're uh, thinking about closing the universities during the Olympics to pave the way for students to act as volunteers. It's way paving. And the cost of Calgary hosting the 2026 Olympic and Paralympic Games will be about 5.8 billion American. The anticipated cost will be offset by estimated operating revenues of 2.5 billion. Well, that's not really offset. That's kind of half set. Calgary 2026 say it would the city would receive a new field house, a replacement arena for the corral, upgrades to existing facilities, and affordable housing. No mention was made of an arena to replace the aging Saddle Dome, however. You know about the Saddle Dome? No, neither do I. We think this is a bid Calgarians can have faith in, said 2026 spokesperson Emma May. Yes, we've learned this week that the people who live in Calgary are called Calgarians. We wouldn't have learned that without the Olympics. It's a movement, and we all need one. Every day. Cherokee Louise is hiding in this tunnel in the Broadway bridge. We're crawling on our knees, we've got flashlights and batteries, we've got cold cuts from the fridge. Last year, about this time, we used to climb up in the branches just to sway the in some breeze Now the cops on the street They won by Ch- 
Cherokee
from Santa Monica. This is Le Show. And now, ladies and gentlemen... You want to know how smart? Here's how smart. This is from Canada. Canada. Last Monday, Shalon Faith of Saskatoon received a letter from a stranger. The author had never met Faith, but had a surprising amount of information about her and her home. What she looked like, people who had rung her doorbell, what the inside of her child's bedroom looked like. I don't think I stopped shaking for days, she said. The information had been gleaned from her home security system and its cameras by another client of the same company, Vivint Home Security, in Saskatoon. Faye said the author had not written to frighten her, but to alert her to the privacy breach. We could have easily been broken into or harmed if this had been in the wrong hand, she said. The writer proved the letter was not a hoax by including specific details about events at Faith's home, like when her garage door opened, screenshots of notifications she'd received about the system, the author told her she tried but failed to get Vivint to resolve the problem at their end. It was one of those, could you please hold, I have to get a supervisor calls, the letter says. Vivint has since acknowledged the breach, says it would cause, was caused by human error by the technician who installed Faith, Faith's system. That never happens, human error. The Utah-based company which had almost 1.4 million subscribers in the U.S. and Canada as of July, said it was not contacted about the problem until last Monday when Faith called. Faith took down the cameras, but she says Vivint took days to deactivate the system and told her she would have to pay to cancel her account. She said the company initially told her she would have to pay thousands of dollars to end her contract and get the security system out of her home. The company since confirmed it canceled her account without charge and sent her a refund. Vivint apologized for the error in an em- emailed response to questions from the CBC. It's an apology in the week. And um, this from Daniel Rausch, vice president of Smart Home at Amazon. Yes, kids, you could have grown up to have that job. Did your high school counselor tell you you could be vice president of Smart Home at Amazon? I bet not. The sky's the limit, says Roush. Your vacuum cleaner, door, security system, your lawn, everything you can imagine inside the home will be connected. You will also see that Alexa will just be embedded in more devices, and customers will stop thinking about talking to a device per se. It will become more about speaking at large. <laughs> Unquote. There's Alexa, as you know, in cars already. There's Alexa for hospitality. Certain hotels, guests can get room service and towels through Alexa. Towels? Call Steve Wynn. We knew right away from the response that customers would want to connect with Alexa anywhere, Roush says. We knew early on that we would want any developer to use Alexa and wanted Alexa to be able to do anything. We soon won't just be talking about the smart home, but a world of smarts, unquote. And, and all that data will be safely held by Amazon. It's a smart world filled with smart, 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 smart homes. Well, this was a week, I bet, 
<laughs> President Trump would like to forget. First, the release of uh, excerpts from Bob Woodward's new book called Fear about the inside affairs, not not sexual, just what's going on inside the uh, Trump White House. And those would have been sort of startling enough to distract attention from the uh, hearings for the new Supreme Court, uh, for the possible. You know, you never, you never know. Supreme Court Justice uh, Mr. Kavanaugh. But then, within a day or two, the New York Times published an anonymous op-ed. Now, they have done it before, according to the Times, a few times within the last three or four years, as a matter of fact. But it is unusual. And the author of the op-ed was described by the Times as a senior official in the administration who described a situation in which he or she and colleagues regarded the president as uh, so unhinged that they had to kind of cover for him and prevent certain things from uh, being carried out, even though the writer claimed he or she was a supporter of a lot of the president's policies. It sounds a lot like what happened during the uh, latter days of the Nixon administration when um, President Nixon would uh, liquefy his diet and uh, his uh, high officials would uh, listen patiently to orders like, go bomb the Brookings Institution, go firebomb the Brookings Institution. They would nod and walk out and fail to to uh, carry out the orders. The, um, the one-two punch of the Burns, uh, the Woodward book excerpts being released and the Times publishing the anonymous op-ed had the predictable result of, um, by all reports, setting Donald Trump into uh, new paroxysms of rage. And um, he went to uh, a couple of rallies this week, I think one in North Dakota, where he tried to fulminate against the author of the Times piece, encountering in the process just a bit of a problem. The latest act of resistance is the op-ed published in the failing New York Times by an anonymous, really an anonymous coward. The um, reports that followed that performance indicate that there is now a uh, fairly determined effort inside the White House to find out who the author of the New York Times op-ed really is. This week, for the first time, it's hard to tell whether the teams are fighting to defeat each other or the entire format. And for the businessman turned chief executive, the time for tasks is over. It's time for a challenge. Sarah. Yes, sir. Are you ready for the truth challenge? Yes, Mr. President. I mean, it seems kind of silly to start with you. You're up there every day telling the truth. Mm -hmm. But hey, every journey begins with a thousand miles. So, Sarah, are you the the anonymous... Are you the author of that horrible, horrible op-ed? If you are, it's okay. I mean, not really, but... Mr. President, I dedicated the last year of my life to defending you in public. 
the last thing I could conceive of doing. Sarah, Sarah, seriously, I couldn't care less whether you could conceive. Were you the author? Absolutely not. I swear on my dad's Fender Jazz bass. He loves that, right? He sure does. I mean, I say I swear on the lives of my children, but... Okay, Dr. Hooses. Dr. Elliot Hooses is a world-renowned lie detection expert whose work has been used by police departments and TV shows, especially TV shows. Based on my voice print analysis technique, which we're limited to because Scientology brought up all the skin galvanometers, there is no evidence that she is lying. Great. It's a good start. We got 25 of you here in the boardroom. Let's keep going. General Kelly. There wasn't a chair for you? Yes, sir. I prefer to stand, sir. Great. More of that friggin' marine BS, right? I... Look, I know you told Bob Woodward this is the worst job you ever had. I didn't tell him that, sir. Fake book? Never told him that. Here's the deal. There's a whole fake world out there. So the op-ed, which if you ask me was all op and no ed. But did you write it? Mr. President, if I have a problem with you... You know, I come and tell you directly. You didn't tell me this was the worst job you ever had. You just complained about the parking space. This isn't the worst job I've ever had, sir. Cleaning latrines at boot camp would be a little closer to the mark. <laughs> you know what? I'd love to be chuckling, too. If I didn't know that one of the chucklers was sabotaging my presidency and doing it in the on my... John, Ivanka thinks you wrote the op-ed. And even though she's now denying she said that, I lean toward believing her. You know why? Hmm? Because it's very likely she's got my blood going through her whatever. Did you write it? Mr. President, I know we should all be working together, but I also know that competition is uh, <laughs> the format around here, so I understood other teams would be trying to disparage me. Well, you can dis disparage or undisparage yourself. Are you the author? I refer you to my statement in which I unequivocally say I am not. Dr. Hoosis? Uh, there's no evidence that he's lying about referring you to his statement. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe too interesting. Maybe not interesting enough. Ben Carson, you're next for the truth challenge. <laughs> I almost never get in here, sir, so in a way this is a pleasure. He's clearly lying about that. That's not what we care about. Wait for your music. Dr. Ben, you're still doing... Uh... Brain surgery on the side? Uh, no, sir. I've got my hands full with uh, whatever it is my department does. No time to leak, either. Who mentioned leaking? Well, Dr. Hoosis, did I say anything about uh, leaking? Uh, no, we're, we're not tracking your voice, sir. Great. What is that? We pay extra for that? This is the worst deal since we bought friggin' Alaska. So, Ben... Mm -hmm. You know about the op-ed in the failing New York Times? It's outrageous, sir. Whoever had anything to do with that is an enemy of our country and of the good Lord himself. By the way, sir, mm -hmm. where's Mr. Kushner? He's on one of these teams. Ben, I didn't realize you're as stupid as you look. Jared is family, right? So if I had married into your family, I would be concentrating on this week's task instead of... Ben, Ben, with the sleepy eyes that make Chuck Todd look like he's watching a fire. <laughs> if I need to spell it out, give me an 8x11 piece of paper and a black sharpie. Otherwise, the truth challenge. Did you write the op-ed? Mr. President, I've written four books under my own name. I'm very proud to put what I write under my name. I would never not put my name on what I write. 
For one thing, my agent would kill me. <laughs> yeah, it won't be so damn funny when your old perp walked out of here, will it? Okay, Dr. Hoosers. Our voice print analysis indicates that his agent really would kill him. Wow. I guess that's good enough. Although, what would, what would your agent do if you wrote it under the name of Anonymous? Oh, oh, forget it. Okay, last one before I get to do my rally thing. Elaine, my secretary of transportation, secretary chow. I have no idea what the hell you're doing. What are you, sitting over there writing op-eds? Mr. President, even if I wanted to do something so perfidious and pusillanimous... What is this? How can you... How you can pronounce that and I can't even get a non... A non the, forget it. Even if I wanted to, which I would never in a million years want to, my husband is your Senate Majority Leader. Writing something like that would wreck my job and my marriage, his job and his marriage. Wait, 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 wait. it's the same marriage. You can't count it twice. The answer is No. Whatever it is I'm doing over there, it's not that. Mm -hmm. Dr. Hoosis? I have to tell you, this technology isn't as good with female voices, but I think she's okay. Okay? I'm not looking for okay. I'm looking for 100% trustworthy or they're out of here faster than a kneeling quarterback. Maybe run a tape through the machine again. Jeez. I gotta go see some MAGA hats. <laughs> New teams, new tasks, same mission. Who the hell can I trust in this friggin' dump? Now, the world is his boardroom, via Presidentus. This week, yelling speaks louder than whispers. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the apologies of the week. We're so sorry. I don't know if uh, Paul sang that in the... Uh, Grand Central Station in New York. You heard about that, right? Go look it up. Israel's public broadcaster has broken a taboo on playing the music of Richard Wagner, known for his anti-Semitic leanings, apologizing on Sunday for what it called an error. The drama occurred a week ago Friday when the Voice of Music, the classical music station for the Khan Broadcasting Corporation, played part of the Gatterdummerung. That Gatterdummerung. Gatterdummerung. Goddamn Dummerung. Twilight of the Gods opera. Wagner, whose work is infused with anti-Semitism, misogyny, and proto-Nazis' ideas of racial purity, according to the Times of Israel, was Adolf Hitler's favorite composer. Well, somebody had to be. Was he going to like Gershwin? There is no law in Israel banning the German composer's works from being played. Orchestras and venues refrain from doing so because the public outcry. Fox... This would be 21st Century Fox Studio, not the network. Studio, now part of Disney, recently cut a, Shane, a scene from Shane Black's upcoming The Predator after the studio found out it featured a registered sex offender. In 2010, Stephen Wilder Striegel pleaded guilty to risk of injury to a child and enticing a minor by computer. He served six months in jail. An L.A. Times report. There's an L.A. Times? Wait, what? Says the studio was made aware of Steigel's background. Well, now it's Steigel. It was Striegel a minute ago. Hollywood Reporter spells it both ways. Thank you. After star Olivia Munn, who was featured in Striegel's one scene in the reboot, brought it to Fox's attention. Munn says that 
Shane Black did not share any information about his background at any point in the production of the thriller. Our studio was not aware of Mr. Striegel's background when he was hired, says a Fox spokesperson. Several weeks ago, when the studio learned the details, his one scene in the film was removed. Within 24 hours. Wow. We were not aware of his background during the casting process due to legal limitations that impede studios from running background checks on actors. Yes! Striegel is a friend of Black's, has appeared in the director's other films, Iron Man 3 and Nice Guys. Black wrote to the LA Times, I personally chose to help a friend. I can understand how this might disapprove. His conviction was on a sensitive charge and not to be taken lightly. But Black released another statement after reading the Times report, quoting email correspondence between Striegel and the minor. Black's new statement condemned his friend and apologized. It has sadly become clear to me that I was misled by a friend I really wanted to believe was telling me the truth when he described the circumstances of a conviction. Sometimes you discover that chance, that second chance, is not as warranted as you may have hoped. I'm deeply disappointed in myself, Shane Black continued. I apologize to all those past and present I've let down by having Steve around them without giving them a voice in the decision. A Republican official in Pennsylvania resigned after her old Facebook posts revealed she called NFL players who knelt during the national anthem, quote, baboons, unquote. According to the Beaver County Times, Carla Maloney was the secretary of the Republican Committee of Beaver County. She berated the NFL players as ignorant blacks who should go to Africa. The vocal Donald Trump supporter wrote, I will tell you that you don't like it here. Go to Africa. See how you like it there. We're all Americans, not African-American, not Hispanic-American. We're all American, she wrote. Steelers, she said, Pittsburgh Steelers are now just as bad as the rest of the overpaid baboons, she said. The chairman of the Republican Committee of Beaver County confirmed the posts were made by Maloney, said they were made well before she was named secretary in 2017. Oh, well, those comments do not reflect the opinion to the Republican Party as a whole, he said. Maloney apologized for her remarks in her resignation. I apologize for my distasteful, inappropriate, and, and insensitive social media posts, she said. Those that know me know that I come from a diverse family that represents modern America. In other words, that's, that's not me. Yes, it is. That was you. A centerfold photo of the late Burt Reynolds now has something in common with another iconic photo, the one of the Vietnam War-era napalm girl. That feature, They both feature... Well, actually, the, the Burt Reynolds one does. In this week's Facebook apology, the actor's photo, like the one of the Vietnam War-era napalm girl, was briefly banned by Facebook. Social media users complained that when they tried to post the famous 1972 Cosmopolitan magazine photo of Reynolds lying, lying naked on a bearskin rug with his hand strategically placed over his scratch, Facebook removed the photo. Some people even reported on Twitter that their Facebook accounts were disabled because they posted the photo. Then they were taken off Twitter. No, they were not. Only Alex Jones was. A Facebook spokeswoman says it was all a mistake, blaming it on automated software that detects nudity. Well, at least, if, thank goodness it wasn't human error. The image in question was mistakenly removed, she said. We are restoring the image as it does not break our standards and apologize for any inconvenience this may have caused. The companies will be working to restore any accounts that were mistakenly suspended. This week's Facebook apology. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of Canada set a date to formally apologize for Canada's decision to turn away the 
St. Louis, a boat full of Jewish refugees fleeing Nazi Germany in 1939, resulting in hundreds dying. That apology will be made on November 7th in the House of Commons. British Airways. Oh, ask me to tell you my British Airways story sometime. They're good. They're damn good. B.A., the uh, initials, uh, I believe do stand for bad attitude. Anyway, British Airways apologized after the credit card details of hundreds of thousands of its customers were stolen over a two-week period. The most serious attack on its website and app. Bookings made between August 21st and September 5th had been infiltrated in a very sophisticated, malicious criminal attack, said the BAA chairman and chief executive Alex Cruz, who wouldn't answer my emails to him about how they... Uh, oh, I won't, I won't go into that now. Around 380,000 card payments were compromised, the airline said, with hackers obtaining names, street and email addresses, credit card numbers, expi- expiration dates, and security codes. Cruz said the carrier was deeply sorry for the disruption caused by the attack, which was unprecedented in the more than 20 years that B.A. had operated online. The attackers had not broken the airline's encryption, he said, but he did not explain exactly how they'd obtained the customer information. Well, you don't want other people to get the, you know, any ideas. The star of the Netflix show Luke Cage, Mike Coulter, heard of him? has apologized for a tweet in which he appeared to glorify footage of Bishop Charles Ellis inappropriately touching Ariana Grande, which we talked about last week. Coulter joked about the situation in a sarcastic tweet that has now been deleted. Hello all, I apologize about my tweet earlier. It was intended to point out the absurdity of the act itself, complete and biting sarcasm I realized realized quickly it was not taken as such. Humor. By amateurs, ladies and gentlemen. He's in show business, but I... A Texas doctor has apologized for his comments to a medical journal that female physicians are paid less because they don't work as hard. I sincerely apologize to all female physicians for my comments and the pain they have caused. And I could prescribe something for the pain, but no, he didn't say that. The apologies of the week, ladies and gentlemen. A copyrighted feature of this broadcast. One note on microplastics this week. A new study suggests that... Dolphins in Sarasota Bay in Florida are exposed to chemicals found in cleaning products, pesticides, cosmetics, personal care products, and plastics. Do the dolphins thank us? They do not. Dr. Randy Wells of uh, the Moat Marine and Aquarium said the dolphins in Sarasota Bay have been studied since the 1970s. Their health has been monitored ever since. There are over 100,000 different chemicals the humans have put into the environment. Plastics are getting into the animals from the food they're eating. They eat some of the same fish as people, so what they're experiencing could be a reflection of what people are getting out of the environment, too. What I conclude from this, ladies and gentlemen, is how wise we are not to be eating dolphins.
Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude this week's edition of Le Show. You, you can come back next week. Enjoy it on the audio device of your choice at the time of your choosing. And it'd be just like another bad week for President Trump if you'd agree to do that. Would you? Would you really? All righty. Thank you very much. Uh huh. A tip of the show chapeau to the San Diego, Pittsburgh, Chicago, not in exile in Hawaii desk. Thanks, as always, to Pam Halstead and to Thomas Walsh at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's broadcast. The email address for this program, a playlist of the music you hear here, and your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts in time for Halloween. Think of it. All at harryshearer.com. And I remain, I'll, I'll be the last one standing at Twitter, at the Harry Shearer. Paris, we're going to Paris. I'll be playing bass with Judith Owen on the 17th. You could uh, check her website for details, judithowen.net. Otherwise, I have no idea where you'll find me. Or where I'll find me, for that matter. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy radio network. So long from the fogged-in home of the homeless.